Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need are at RockAuto.com. Patrick Mahomes breaks the bank, and all the Jaguar fans can do is just say what if again. This is Tony Wiggins with the Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. Well, I mean, the bottom line is it's water under the bridge that the Jaguars passed up on Patrick Mahomes um, years years ago when they could have taken him in 2016 draft, I believe it was. Um, or maybe it was a 17 draft. Yeah, when they took Leonard Fournette. Um, the Jags were convinced that they needed a big running back. And I'm not sure if they would have taken Patrick Mahomes even if Patrick Mahomes, uh, even if they decided they were going to take a quarterback, they may have taken Mitch Trubisky or they may have taken uh, Deshaun Watson. But I will tell you this, that it surprises me that people that always want the GM fired will always go hindsight is 2020. Yeah, it is 2020, but not when you're in charge of scouting. You have to get that right when it's your chance to get it right. But it seems like most people, uh, you know, I got somebody that tweeted me this morning and said that you go back to that time of, of the draft and nobody knew who Patrick Mahomes was. In fact, somebody said that it was like 85% of the fans didn't know who he was. Here's the thing about that, and this is what I keep reminding people over and over again. Nobody is going to accept an excuse that, uh, you know, well, no, the fans don't didn't know. It's not your job to know, but it is the job of scouts to know. It is the job of a GM to know. And it, it, it and it's directly connected to him being able to survive his job. And I tell you how. Fans, we just watch the game. Those people have to, in order to save themselves, they have to actually beat this quarterback. The Jaguars are going up against Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes for the rest of their careers. That's three guys you got to go through. You know how much better your team has to be? When you have to play guys like that, particularly if you don't have a franchise quarterback of your own, you have to make that difference up somehow. Your team has to be better. Just go back and look at who's won the Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Go ahead. Just do it. It's usually, I'm about 90, I'm sure about 95% it's teams that had that dude. That dude that was just a great player. So if I'm an owner, I don't give you chances to tell me, well, nobody knew. Somebody did know. Andy Reid traded two first-round picks. He came up from 22 and moved all the way up to, like, number 10 or whatever it was, or 11, and he took that kid. Don't tell me that nobody knew. Andy Reid knew. And now Kansas City is 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 better off for it, and now this kid has a $450 million contract over the next 12 years. And And Deshaun Watson's next. Okay. And Lamar Jackson's next. And I know y'all love Gardner Minshew, and I like him too. But we'll see. And it's not just about Jacksonville. It's about everybody. But it's this attitude for some reason that fans, the same people that go, it's it's hindsight is 50-50 or 20-20 or, or whatever it is. And then the same people that go, the draft is just a crapshoot. Are the same ones that beg the general manager to get fired when the guys he didn't pick is running around on the field, running around on your football team every Sunday, and you're sweating in 120-degree heat, and you're losing, and you're spending all your money. I mean, which one is it? Is it a crapshoot? 
are we just are the Jags just unlucky, or you or do you want to really blame Caldwell for it? Losing makes you go all over the place. It does. It makes you go all over the place with your opinions. So you know sometimes you know you have to ask yourself: Is it really, really Dave Caldwell? Um, is it the fact that and if you do this over and over again, you even look at Russell Wilson, man, another guy that was picked in the third round. I think the Jaguars were near or close to it, and they ended up picking somebody else. At some point, you have to realize that the reasons why you're losing is because the other team has better players. This organization has really, really been – this organization has been real, real stubborn when it comes to changing out and swapping out guys. They held on to Blake Borders too long. They committed to Blake Borders when these guys that I'm talking about were on the board ready to get chosen. They held on to Gus Bradley too long. The question is, have they held on to Doug Marone too long now? And have they held on to Dave Caldwell too long? We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we'll have a season and we can find that out. But I'm going to talk more about this. And I'm going to get into something. uh, Ed Werder Werder caught smoke from Jaguar fans when it appeared that what he was actually trying to do was say something good about Jimmy Smith, but I'm going to tell you why he caught that smoke, and 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 Ed doesn't, you know, in a series of tweets after that, he doesn't seem to understand this. Um, I didn't reach out to him or Jimmy, uh, but I will tweet them in, in this podcast and let him listen. But I'm gonna I'm gonna show Ed the reason why he caught said smoke. I I really don't think that he gets it and he understands why he caught said smoke. But on this episode of Locked on Jaguars, I'm, I'm on damn sure to talk about it. And I love how Jaguar fans stand up and stick their chests out, by the way. I've been telling you that. I love that to death. So, buckle your seatbelts, hang in there, stay tuned. And what we'll do is, after I tell you about this great, great sponsor we have called rockauto.com, I want you to come back and listen uh, to why Edward caught that smoke and then more talk on Patrick Mahomes. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from her, from hundreds of manufacturers. Now, look, I'm not the do-it-yourself guy. I'm the pay-somebody-to-do-it-for-me guy as opposed to going into a dealership. Um, most of the times, the guys that I know work for dealerships. You can order these parts at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com and get 30 to 50 and sometimes even 100% more of the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new dealership. Go to RockAuto.com and in the box where they ask you, how did you hear about us? Put Locked On in that box so they know we sent you. RockAuto.com where you can get all of your parts for your car. Do it now at RockAuto.com. Okay, so in talking about the Ed Werder's tweet. Uh, I gotta be uh, Ed Werder, of course, at ESPN, long time covered the Dallas Cowboys uh, forever, um, and, and this is probably where he understands a little bit more about Jimmy than I think fans believe, because he was covering the Dallas Cowboys for years. This is what Ed Werder said, and this really is a compliment. But I'll tell you where it goes left for Jaguar fans. Ed Werder says, "My vote for NFL." NFL player who might have made Hall of Fame, if not for injuries, is former Jaguars and Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Jimmy Smith. Now, to Ed's credit, 
I'm gonna read uh, the background. Another tweet uh, that he that he put out. He said he effectively missed the first two seasons of his career, which is true. No catches until year three. Even without suggesting he might have been a contributor to Super Bowl dynasty in Dallas, add two more seasons of stats onto what he finished his career with, and he's a far stronger stronger Hall of Fame candidate. I I get it, and I understand that. So when you look at what Edward is saying is, when you look at Jimmy Smith's number, 67 touchdowns over 12,000 yards, over 800 receptions, and you add two more years of production to that, he makes a stronger case for Jimmy to be in the Hall of Fame. However, here's what I can tell you that. Uh, even though some players don't miss the first two years in, in, in consecutive years of their career, there are players that do have two years worth of injuries throughout their career. So just because a guy started his career by not catching a lot of balls uh, doesn't mean that he would have had the same, you know, production in those two years that he did the rest of his, his career. I think Jimmy had a bad case of appendicitis or something when he was in Dallas and they ended up letting him go and he lost some weight. But the thing that Ed doesn't get or understand about this argument, well, first before I do that, I'm going to tell you why I believe it is a little bit off base personally. And then I'll tell you why the Jaguar fans jumped all over him. Uh, I think he's off because let's just assume he does uh, – he, it, that Jimmy Smith does play more for Dallas. He doesn't get the touches. He won't. He wouldn't have averaged the amount of touches and the amount of targets and the, and the yards and the touchdowns had he played opposite Michael Irvin more with Emmitt Smith also being a leading rusher in the history of the NFL. That's not how Dallas was built. So he would have essentially at best been John Taylor. And John Taylor, if you remember, played with Jerry Rice in San Francisco. And I know a guy who played on that team who was actually the third receiver that told me many people thought John Taylor was physically better. John Taylor just was so laid back and so chill, country guy or, or whatever he was. I think he was from New York, actually. But he was so laid back and chill that he didn't ask for the ball. And he was like, they ain't going to do it but throw it to Jerry anyway, so I, I don't care. So John Taylor was the anti-ego guy who was bigger, faster, stronger than Jerry Rice. All right? That doesn't mean he was going to be better than Jerry Rice because Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver ever. But the thing is, is while football people knew that John Taylor was great, history doesn't isn't so kind to John Taylor in that regard. When it turns, if you go ask, you can go ask NFL players right now that's 25 years old who's John Taylor, and they don't know. But the th the same thing possibly would have happened to Jimmy Smith. But it's, it's reasonable to think that Jimmy Smith would not have put those numbers up if he played for the Dallas Cowboys. It's more than reasonable, all right, to think that because everybody else was getting balls. The other thing is, is here's the crux of Jaguars fans and people that saw Jimmy Smith play. Here's their argument. Injuries doesn't have anything to do with him not being in the Hall of Fame. What has something to do with him not being in the Hall of Fame is – uh, the, the fact that he played in Jacksonville and played in a small market. If you ask players that played against him, and I've been around players, I've been around his former teammates, football players don't gush when they talk about other football players because it's a very competitive thing. People gush about Jimmy Smith. I'm talking about guys that played the game, guys that didn't even play here in Jacksonville. You go ask some of those Pittsburgh Steelers from, from those days if you ever have a chance to talk to them. Run into some of those Titans, 
I, I heard Blaine Bishop say it before. That, oh my God, it's unreal. Jimmy had probably the best game a wide receiver could ever have, like 296 yards against the 2,000 Ravens in Baltimore. He was the best player on that field, and they couldn't stop him. Ask Ray Lewis. Yeah. Go ask, the, ask Chris McAllister. That's, what, that's the crux of this entire thing for me is when Ed brings up injuries, Ed gives an exit ramp to the people that don't want to let Jimmy in. And that's what pisses Jaguar fans off. There's always this caveat other than something that's the truth. And the reality and the truth of this situation is Jimmy Smith's numbers almost mirror Michael Irvin's numbers. So you're going to punish him because he played in a smaller market and because he didn't play on a team that was as successful as the one in Dallas. Jimmy played more games, has more catches. The yards are almost identical, and Jimmy has two more touchdowns than Michael Irvin. But Jimmy ain't getting in the Hall of Fame, right now at least. And, and that's the part that Ed doesn't get. Ed Werder for ESPN, by the way, he doesn't get that the Jaguar fans are tired of the excuses of not letting him in. And by you complimenting him about how great he was, but then bringing up injuries over his first two years in the NFL, a lot of people aren't productive in their first two years in the NFL, especially guys that play for great teams because they're, they're almost like waiting their turn. So to bring that up, you're actually giving a pass or you're giving a reason to, to not really pay attention to his actual stats and his actual numbers that actually give him credence to go to the Hall of Fame. That's what people are upset about. When you look up reasons Jimmy Smith isn't being given Hall of Fame consideration, for the people that watched him up close and the people that played against him, Injuries is not the thing that comes to mind. What comes to mind is the fact that he played in a small market, period. That's it. End of discussion. That's the thing that comes up. It's not injuries. It's not injuries. Jimmy was super durable here in Jacksonville. And yet he had to come to Jacksonville probably in order to get noticed and recognized for exactly how good he was. Maybe when Michael Irvin went down, when Michael Irvin went down in Philly, Jimmy would have picked up, but he wouldn't have had the opportunity to get the numbers that he have that he has now. So we'd still be arguing that point. It's almost as if the best case scenario. I then use John Taylor with Jerry Rice. The best case scenario. I'll even go back further. There are a lot of people that felt like Lin Swan because he went in the Hall first was better than John Stallworth. Listen to a lot of Steeler fans or historians, and they'll tell you Stallworth was a better player than Lin Swan. Lin Swan made a bunch of pretty catches, but Stallworth was bigger, faster, and caught deep balls and was dominant. You know what I'm saying? So what Werder doesn't realize is with Jaguar fans, the problem that they have is pointing to something else in that tweet that really, really gives a pass to the people who would vote against Jimmy Smith, and it gives them another excuse to not look at the merits of his career and how good he actually was. That's the problem because to me, he's the best player to ever play in this city and I give him a slight nod over Fred and I give Fred and Jimmy a slight nod over Baselli and I will admit that that is position bias. Uh, so it is what it is. But that's the point and I think Ed missed it. He was trying to compliment Jimmy but what he did was he brought up something that really shouldn't have been brought up in terms of 
Jimmy not getting consideration for the Hall of Fame. He could have said Jimmy did this and he deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. And he also missed two years. And perhaps those two years would have helped him numbers-wise, but still he deserves to be there. It's, it's always a way to say everything. All right, man, stick up, uh, stick around for a second. We'll talk about Mahomes and talk about the impact of that contract and talk about if the Jaguars fans should be upset. Okay, man, Patrick Mahomes, 450-some-odd million dollars. Some-odd is a very southern term, but 450-some-odd million dollars over 12 years. There are actually people that think he was crazy to do this, even though he has a lot of outs in that contract. You say, why do you sign a long-term deal? Well, you sign a long-term deal because it's $450 million. That's why you do it, and it's, it's baseball money. I promise you, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. No. I didn't. I saw six years, two hundred and fifty million. I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see this much. I didn't see this big of a, this big of a boom and this big of a number in football. And I and I do think Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and Dak will benefit from this. They won't get his contract because he he he's the LeBron James of the NFL, and he's young. He's a winner. He has it upstairs in his head. He's also as physically gifted as anyone we've ever seen. So those guys won't get that contract. But it does now make them come in and go, man, look, I want an eight-year deal for – I want an eight-year $300 million contract. Or I want an eight-year $275 million contract. Like it's going to fall short of, of his deal. It's not going to have all those guarantees, but do not think for one minute that while he raised the ceiling as far as quarterback contracts, he also lifted the floor of those quarterback contracts too, especially when you got a couple of other guys on the horizon. He absolutely raised the value of that position, even though he is way, he's head, head and above, uh, heads and shoulders above everybody else, and they're not going to get to his number. And, and you're not going to be, unlike Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, you're not going to be able to go in there and reset the market. There's, there's no such thing. There's Patrick Mahomes territory, and then it's everything else. But you can if you're one of those other guys. You can now go in and say, whereas Dak, people thought it was ridiculous as Dak was asking for $40 million. It doesn't sound so ridiculous now to give uh, Dak a six-year $240 million deal, does it? because of the money that you see and the investment that you see the Chiefs uh, make into Patrick Mahomes. So the devil is always in the details. It's always about guaranteed money, so we'll just have to wait and see. So uh, how does this affect Jacksonville? If Jacksonville had gotten Patrick Mahomes, I, I don't know if they would have been a team that's in position to give him this type of contract. One thing about it is, and, and even though the NFL is revenue sharing, here we go back to market size again. It, it's still a point and it's still a situation and there's still a thing to bring up about revenue. Now, the Jaguars, had they, had they drafted Mahomes and he had been as good as he's been, even if they weren't good enough to win the Super Bowl, they, they may not have some of the revenue issues that they have because they may get more uh, investment from Fortune 500 companies and they may not have to move games. Because you have that superstar player, which goes back to talent evaluation and what I said in the opening and why fans can't continue to sit here and try to 
act like this is fantasy football or dynasty league and say no one knew. You're not paid to know. We go to our jobs. We do our job. I podcast and I do something else too. Everybody knows that. I own my own uh, hairstyling business. The thing is, is though, we go off and we do these other things. Scouts and GMs work 18 hours a day, seven days a week. If I'm the owner, I come in and say, well, how come? And there's 85% of the people didn't know. You know what I'd say? Well, we ain't 85%. We need to be the 15% that did know that this guy was going to be LeBron James in the NFL. How come the Chiefs traded from the 20s, two first-round picks, move up and, and get him, and we didn't take him? How come we didn't take Watson? Because Houston's not upset that they didn't get it because they have Deshaun Watson. Baltimore's not upset. They have guys right now that you can say, okay, all right, we'll go head-to-head with them. Let's see what happens. It didn't work out last year for Houston. They got mollywhop, but still, the point is, is we just have to make our team better. And the Jaguar fans are happy right now, happy as hell with Gardner Minshew. But it still goes back to the fact that you have to beat these guys. You have to start making picks, and you have to start getting players when it's not obvious. Anybody could get the first pick and take Trevor Lawrence next year. I mean, it's like a no-brainer, right? But the bottom line is, in order for you to be successful, you have to get better players than the other team. And, and, and then when all three of those quarterbacks end up in the AFC, you have to ask yourself. And don't say, well, T-Wig, what did you think? What did you think, Tony Wiggins? Did you think Mahomes was going to be that good? Hell no, I didn't think he was going to be that good. You know why? Because I didn't pay much attention to him and I didn't look at it as closely. And I'm not saying that even if I had watched him play when he was at Texas Tech that I would have sat here and said, oh, he's going to be the man. I, I, I probably wouldn't have done that. But once again, it's not my job primarily to flat out tell you that I know who's going to be good and who's not. I can give you my opinion and we can have some discussion about it. But when there are people, when there are people, what's the old saying? You, you only had one job. You had one job. When there are people that have done this and that have a lot of those scouts have either played the game or have had whistles in their mouth or have been around football and watched the analytics of it and and the film. They've done all of this stuff for years to be able to be put in this position to make these choices and these decisions. The Jaguars had three chances to get one of those three guys. And I'm not raining on the whole Minshew mania, Gardner Minshew parade. I, I wish him the best. I absolutely wish him the best. But you make no mistake about it. This league is driven and this league is led and this league is won by teams that have that alpha, that great player at that position. And it makes Minshew's job even that much more difficult to have to go up against those guys. You know why? Because now his team has to be just that much better. His team has to be that much better. I just feel sorry for anybody who has a quarterback not named Mahomes Watson or Jackson over the next decade. Good luck to you in the AFC or trying to win a title. All right, man, as usual, we thank uh, rockauto.com for this uh, episode. Also, follow us along on Spotify, and then you can also subscribe uh, on Apple and iTunes. All right? You can subscribe on Apple and iTunes. And, as you know, it's a daily podcast, man. We, we record about three or four uh, pods uh, a week uh, until things start to heat up a little bit and we can get back into the training camp if some breaking news comes out, obviously. 
obviously I'll give you a bonus episode, but you can also tune in to Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson on Locked On NFL. They do a fabulous, fabulous job of giving you all the information from everything around uh, the league. So hopefully, you know, we're getting closer. Hopefully this COVID-19 thing, man, we'll try to figure it out. Uh, there's some guidelines uh, that we'll discuss about media coverage, and I know you guys don't want to hear all the insides and outsides of that stuff, but uh, on our next episode, I'll discuss some of the guidelines that we'll have and uh, some of the things that will affect how we get you guys uh, information uh, as training camp comes around. But this is Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguars. Until next time, take care.